Hi, Roy. Hey, Bidiwa. Welcome to Blade Runner in Character, where you'll hear things you people wouldn't believe. Oh, I agree. Each episode, myself and Ian, two not exactly pleasure models, will in turn look at a character from both the original and 2049. I hope you don't mind me taking the liberty. I was careful not to drag in any dirt. Their scenes, their backstory, the actor, behind the scenes, trivia, and I'm sure an awful lot of waffling. Where's the subject? It's not very often we say we're going to be discussing a cinema icon, um, but I think we can say that about today's subject. I think so. Um, I think this is, even if you've never seen Blade Runner, I think most people are aware of at least one scene with with Roy Batty in, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I think, and it's certainly his look. Um, but yeah, I think iconic. You know, I imagine he's on a fair few uh, T-shirts, and he's been on a fair few art projects, and I can imagine like uh, Banksy yeah. doing a version of uh, of Roy in yeah. one of his uh, paintings. Yeah, I, iconic is definitely the word. Probably more so than than Deckard. I think more than Deckard. Yeah, yeah. yeah you put a poster up. Yeah. Of, of Roy Batty, everybody knows who it is. Sometimes, you, if you put up a poster of Deckard, some people might just go, that's yeah. Harrison Ford. Oh, it's Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, you know, if you're talking like, you know, cinema icons, at least for me, top five cinema icons, Roy Batty would be in there. Yeah. And, and I was yeah. trying to think of the other ones. And, Bobby Ball. Um, Bobby Ball. <laughs> Coming soon, folks. Coming soon. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was thinking, we were just talking before in the green room, weren't we, about we Indiana were. Jones. And uh, I think Indiana Jones, with the caveat of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones would be in my top five as well. Yeah. Or maybe Han Solo, with the caveat in Star Wars and not... Yes, I think, yeah, Han, Han Solo... Han Solo in Star Wars, and for any of you uh, not quite as old as us, when we say Star Wars, we of course mean Star Wars. Yeah. None of the other <laughs> subtitle, uh, you know, undertitled or changed titles ones. Um, and yeah, it, I definitely Indiana Jones. We we've we were just yeah you know, just discussing this, and my, myself and Anne have been rewatching all the Indiana Jones films. Uh, well, the three. <laughs> Because <laughs> we point blank refuse to do that. Because there are only three. There are there? only three. God knows what that fourth one is. Um, and I think the fifth one's going to be just embarrassing as well. Uh, but yeah, so we watched it and we were working out that, that the character of Indiana Jones is just an awful person. He's just horrible. Everything wrong with him. But as Anne said, damn cool though. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Harrison Ford at that point, he had coolness down pat. But I don't think Deckard's a cool character. Well, he's next. After, yeah, he's after next, Roy, but he's next. Roy, he's the poster boy for cool. His look, you know, that yep. that 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 hair do everything. It spawned so many imitators and so yeah. many fashion looks and everything, didn't it? Yeah, he, I mean, I because as I for a long time I had um, you did white hair, and um, if I wanted to uh, look a bit more like Roy Batty, just a bit of hair gel, spike it a little bit, leather yep. coat, you're you're there. It's a great look. The thing is, though, I mean, he is a classic, iconic character, cool, yes. as you say anything, but he has the name Roy, yeah. which to yeah. us Brits, Roy isn't really 
a heroic name. Roy's is your it? comedy sidekick, isn't it? Roy yep. Kinnear. Yeah, yeah, Roy Hud. Roy Hud, yeah. Um, you, you, you don't, you generally don't get heroes called Roy. I uh, can't... Roy the Rogers? Uh, Roy, what was his name? Roy, Roy the, the Rovers, Rovers was yeah. a football yeah, character in a it, comic. Big, yeah. Well, it's football, so I'm not going to watch it. But no, over here, I mean, you had uh, Rob Roy in Scotland. Rob Roy, yeah. He's a hero. And of course, in America, you have Roy Rogers. Yes. Which to us over here, that's a punchline. Roy Rogers. Yeah. Oh, does he? Um, <laughs> um, but uh, no, right over here, Roy. Yeah, Roy for us, it, you're absolutely right. Comedy sidekick comedy, yeah. name. In yeah. fact, we used to know a Roy, and yep. he was like our comedy sidekick. He was, yeah. Little fella. Yeah. Do you remember when we were up I in do, Nottingham yeah. that time and he wanted to go to Hooters? And that's all we yes. would Shh. <laughs> That said about that time period, the better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> Can you imagine him dressed yeah. as Deckard? Our little Roy, as oh, Deckard. Little, little Roy. What as, as Roy Batty? As Roy Batty. Oh, sorry, not yeah. Deckard. Roy Batty. Yeah. Our well, Roy as Roy Batty. That, that leather coat would be dragging. <laughs> it would. <laughs> to be fair. And for Leon, yeah, another friend of ours, Ian Mustosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Roy, Roy. I mean, Roy definitely not on it. And Batty, Batty has since um, uh, since uh, what's his face? Um, oh, the yeah. Is it know. Keith Lemon? Not Keith I, Lemon. The other guy. Yeah, uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character. What the hell was he called? That's oh yeah, I'm completely thinking. So. Um, uh, Borat. Is it? No, no. Yeah, Borat? the other, the other one. The other one. <laughs> so he's so outdated now. Um, I can't for the life of me. I can't think of his name. He was the Ali uh, G. Ali G. That was yes. It, which was was a, a very funny joke at the time, but now is almost unwatchable because he's dated so badly. But yeah, he had obviously the the whole Batty Boys thing. Yes. Which uh, yeah has sort of changed Roy Batty now. Yeah, well, definitely. So, well, well, sort of, but he is so darn cool. <laughs> yes, you know. Yes. Um, even if there was some, you know, nod to him in 2049, or that you, 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 you know, you had a pickled Roy Batty in a tank and they did it very badly, it's still not going to detract from how great he is in the first film. No, no. I mean, I'm sort of glad they didn't, because they could have done an Aliens, couldn't they, and had uh, Kay looking up. I look up that file and it brings up the, you know, like in in the the, the meeting bit of Aliens where she sees the readout of the Nostromo crew. You could have done that. Mm. But I'm sort of glad they didn't. I think there were too many nods to the original, to be fair. I think it's just, you know, people just look at him and his performance and it's like, we can't top it. It, And in fact, it could be you know, considered, you know, an insult to tamper or, you know, or try and build off of it, you know? It's it's a... I mean, it's, it's a perfect performance I think it's perfectly pitched perfectly acted really well written and improvised um, there's there's nothing that doesn't work in it I don't think which is saying something for a, a 1980s sort of character as we were saying mm. um, yeah it's he is the heart and soul this this is what's really weird and I think it 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 does sort of all of this, all the discussions we have feed into the theme of Blade Runner, which is basically at the heart of it: does an artificial intelligence have a soul? Mm. You know, first you'd have to define what soul is, but in the classical sense, are they human, etc. And the heart and soul of this movie is the replicant Roy Batty. Yes, you know, um, and I, I just love 
to me, you know, his his whole arc is basically saying it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. These are people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, give them the rights and that that they deserve. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, before. Uh, starting on the film in the book, of course he's in yes, it. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah. Um, but bit in, different. Yeah, a bit. De- oh, wait for the description. But in the book, he's got a wife. Yeah. Um, called Imgord, and uh, apparently on Mars they run a drugstore. I can't imagine our Roy Batty doing that, running a, 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 a boots in know. a lab coat and a little in a white lab coat, lab coat. Yeah. No. Selling no. overpriced. Um, sweet lollipops to board kids as they wait for their parents to get their prescriptions mm. can't see it no uh, yeah the the problematical description in the book says that he had intelligent eyes but flat Mongolian features gave oh him a brutal look oh dear hmm. <laughs> And uh, before, as I say, before we get into the film, um, it's uh, the background to him. It says that Roy was deployed in every off-world conflict since his inception, including campaigns at the Townhauser Gate and Jupiter. There we go. He could. Was, with was there much of a battle on Jupiter? Well, Jupiter's a gas it's planet. A gas ball, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they mean <laughs> one of the moons of Jupiter. Could be, yeah. Oh. That's very good. (laughs) He could withstand extreme hot or cold temperatures, having resisted 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit in the Argentine moon's plutonium furnaces and minus 800 degrees while performing deep space probes with only a cowboy suit. What's what's absolute zero? That's um, 240 Kelvin or something? Can you get to... To minus eight hundred degrees. No, there's absolute zero. Yeah, I don't think you could. I don't know. How can he survive that that in a cowboy suit? Why is he wearing a cowboy (laughs) suit? Why is he wearing a cowboy suit? Is the first question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to send you uh, deep deep sea mining in space. What? Yeah, you're going to wear a cowboy suit. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, David Peoples, in his um, you know when he came along and took over from Hampton Fancher. Um, and elaborated on what he had done. Um, he 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 had written a sequence, an opening sequence for the film, which was storyboarded, but it was never filmed. Which is where you have a uh, you know an off-world, like a moon, and all these replicants are being. It's like a mass grave, and they're all just being right. dumped. This spaceship comes in and dumps all these bodies on this moon, and um, the camera pans down, and out of the bodies. Um, Roy emerges, pulls himself out of all these bodies and stares up into the sky and a dot in the sky and that's Earth and that's him, you know, uh, vowing that he will go back. That'd be quite a cool scene, I think. Mm, yeah. be quite good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in Hampton Fancher's original version, um, at the end, um, Deckard kills Batty. Yeah, it's wrong, isn't it? Mm. It's not right there. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what David Peoples thought and he's the one who changed it yeah. to you know Roy saving Deckard and then dying um, and he wrote that and he wrote the speech but only the bare bones of it um, what we see up on the screen a lot of it is down to old Mr. Hower isn't it? It is yeah yeah I mean it's it's like, very much like the um, Indianapolis uh, monologue in Jaws 
by the excellent Robert Shaw. There, there's this urban myth that it was totally made up on the day, you know, because that's what pe people like to think that it's, it's either totally scripted or it's totally off the cuff. And it, neither of them, they were both sort of thought out. They weren't totally scripted. They had an idea. It's not like Gower just went, they went, oh, we haven't got a closing line. He went, oh, I'll come up with something. Blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Yeah, but that's not to detract that it was a, you know, a multiple effort, but the the performance is pure uh, Rutger. Yes. You know. it, yeah, you're absolutely right. He, he, he did have the script. He... Um, he took it upon himself to, yeah. to alter it um, and then took that to Ridley Scott. He says so on the audio commentary. He arrived at, at Ridley Scott's trailer and said, look, I've, I've made some adjustments. What do you think about this? And read out what he had written and Ridley went, yep, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, and it's... I'd love to have seen if they did other takes and that. Or perhaps I wouldn't, but because this one's so perfect... Um, but I saw a theory the other day, and I hadn't come across it before. I don't know if you've come across it. And I thought, you know what, that's that's brilliant, and I quite like that. And it's the it's the because a lot of the a lot of people question why does Roy save Deckard, mm -hmm. and they're saying, oh, he discovered his humanity. I don't think he ever needed to discover his humanity. No. Um, but the theory that I read the other day, and I thought, you know, what, I like that, and I'm going to go with that, um, is that. Obviously, replicants, everything is memory. Memory is everything to them. And he didn't want to die alone. He wanted someone to witness him. That's a very good one. Yeah, and it's brilliant. And that sort of feeds into our other obsession, which is Mad Max, with, um, of course, the, the uh, Nux. And, yeah, witness and, me. Yeah, the Wild Boys. And they, if they died, they had to be witnessed because you want to tell that story. You want to pass it on verbally. And I really like that, that, that almost... <sighs> Deckard was incidental to Roy. He was there. Roy knew he was going, and he didn't want him. To, he didn't want to be forgotten. No, I, that's brilliant. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. That's better than what Ridley Scott says. Ridley Scott says on the audio commentary that um, when he catches Deckard just as he's about to fall, if um, Deckard had started pleading for his life, Roy would have let him go. But because Deckard spits at Roy just at that moment he's about to go that's why Roy decides to save him because it's warrior to warrior and he respects yeah, I, yeah. spitting I mean, it, in the face but yeah. I like the one that you've just yeah, said yeah I think it, it, it fits in more with Roy's character and the tone of the film because I don't think Roy gives a rat's ass about whether you're a warrior or not I mean it, no, none of the story so far is that this is a, you know that replicants are uh, honourable warriors and uh, no, they. Yeah, I, I much prefer the idea that he no, that's a really good just one. doesn't want to die alone because the the original voiceover is naff at that pit bit in it where Harrison Ford comes up and goes, "Why did he save me?" Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, no, no, yeah, what? Don't explain the end of your film like that. I've got an alternative um, later on uh, to that last oh, narration right. bit yeah. as well. But also, I've got an alternative for you right now, which is okay. what the original script... This is what Rutger Hauer was going to say. Oh, is this why Rutger changed it? And you can see it? why yeah. he changed it. Are you ready for this? Go on, yeah. He says, or he was going to say this, I've known adventures, seen places you people will never see. I've been off-world and back frontiers 
I've stood on the back deck of a blinker boat for the Plutician camp with sweat in my eyes, watching stars fight on the shoulder of Orion. I've felt wind in my hair riding test boats off the black galaxies and seen an attack fleet burn like a match and disappear. I've seen it, felt it. That's awful. It's not too good, is it? No, that sounds like an advert for Disneyland with a a happy voiceover. Do you want to have adventures? Do you want to stand on the back of a whatever the hell boat it was doing weird things with a hat on? Um, That, yeah, no wonder he changed it. What we do get is poetry to me. I mean, I can just listen to that. And it's so evocative, you know. I don't know what the heck a sea beam is. You know? No, I don't know what a sea beam is. I, at the time, I didn't know what Tannhauser Gate was. Right. But by God, I listened to it. And also, it's perfectly pitched to match the wonderful Van Gelis score. Oh, the, the tinkle, tinkle that's playing in the background. Just amazing. Yep. yep. I'm right. sure you'll put it on this one. Oh, absolutely. We're going to play out with it. Yeah. We're going to play Cut this one right out. in the middle it. of it, just as he's getting to the height of it. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Cut in. We are the boys in blue. <laughs> oh, just you're, to you're, annoy everyone. You are desperate to get into this, aren't you? I'll tell you, we get, i got to get out my system, mate. You have got to we've get both, out of your I mean, system. we've both got copies. We've both got copies on DVD now. Yeah. Oh. So, sorry, listener. Ian's going off on one. Sorry. We're, we're going to be doing an audio commentary soon on the boys in blue. Yeah. Don't know what the boys in blue is. You're um, lucky. Think yourself you're damn very lucky. lucky. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. All right. Yeah. Let, 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 let's go from Christ Almighty Cannon and Ball to Rutger Hauer as yeah. Roy Batty. So let's get into it. All right. So first time we ever see him is that mugshot in Brian's yep. office um, when um, with his shower cap on. I thought it was a hairnet. Is it a yeah, hairnet or is it a shower something? Cap? Yeah, it looks very strange. Yeah, Nexus Six because Decker goes, "What's this?" Yeah. and uh, Bryant goes, "Nexus Six um, combat model." And if you look at his little screen, his incept dates 2016. He's a combat model, optimum self-sufficiency, says Bryant, probably the leader. Um, and uh, yeah, physical level A, mental level A. And he's he's called Roy Batty, isn't he, on that file? He is. Yeah, which is weird. Why? Why are their model names that they keep? I yeah. don't get that bit. But. See, we, we we were a bit daft. I think it's when yeah. we were talking about Pris. We were saying, is that the name of one of the passengers that they've assumed? Yeah. But no, that's on. But they're on their mug yeah. shots, you know. Um, these ID shots. Um, so we see him proper um, for the first time when he's in. Oh, by the White Dragon. Did you spot the White Dragon? I did. Yes. Right. I can't right by that phone booth. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he's in a phone booth, and that's when Leon knocks on the door. Yep. Time. Enough. Did you get your precious photos? first time we see inside that phone box it's him clutching his hand 
we see his hand. But that's a shot taken from the bathroom right at the very end. You know, just as he's seizing up and he puts yep. the nail through his hand. That's the same shot. Yeah, well, it's, it's um, Ridley's love of using shots from elsewhere regardless. And it, what, isn't it, um, isn't it the, because I watched the final cut, isn't the original theatrical cut, that scene includes someone else's thumb? No, what it is, this first shot is is from the bathroom towards yeah. the end of the film, and uh, they flipped it, and they've put uh, over the top of him, uh, over it, uh, Roy saying, time enough. Yeah. The first shot you see of his face is from when he's on the bed with Tyrell. Yeah. They've, they've flipped it, and in the theatrical version, and right up until the Blu-ray, to the side of the frame, you can see Tyrell's fingers on his oh, shoulder right. <laughs> it's when he turns with that little smirk to him yeah. just be before he says nothing the god of biomechanics would you know yeah let you in uh, to heaven for it's that but now what they've done is they've digitally removed that hand and they've put in the background of the phone box and the street which wasn't there before yeah. okay and then, then they've added a knock on it okay um and, yeah, we see him probably when he comes out the phone booth. Why is he in the phone booth? Oh, he might be making a call. He might be having a piss. I was just about to say maybe he's yeah. having a wee. That's, maybe he's uh, on the little, phone little to Zora. I don't know whether that happens elsewhere, but definitely in Britain. Phone boxes are basically uh, open urinals. Yeah. Like public toilets. Yeah. yeah. You used to gag sometimes yeah. having to go in there. Oh, God. When was the last time smell. you were in a telephone box? I can't remember. God, it's got to be, be 20, 30 years ago. I think 20p, yeah. it cost 20p to make a phone call the last time I was in really? a phone box. Wow. I don't know how much it is now. Anyway, anyway, he comes out the phone box, gives Leon this look up and down, and at that yep. point, back in 82, I was instantly in love with him. Yep. You know, as soon as he comes, that, that sneering look up and down, and, uh, and I, I, I love it. Did you get your precious photos, he says to Leon. Uh, yeah, Leon he's, he's great, because he's... He's instantly dismissive in in the subject matter. He, th he can't see why Leon would want these uh, photos and why he would risk everything to go back and get them. Um, but also, there's a there's such a charm about him, isn't it? It's he's doing it affectionately. Yeah, I love the emphasis on police when he goes men, yeah. police yeah. Yeah. men. He goes like it's great. <laughs> yeah, like like that would be something different, isn't it? It's like men. Policeman, yeah. Are you, are you like me? When he's on screen, I can't see uh, anybody else. I, yeah, I'm not I, looking at Leon in that moment. No, he um, he definitely has uh, that that something, doesn't he? That star appeal that when he's on screen, yeah, you can't see. It's very hard. It's, it's hard doing it when we were doing other characters. Yeah, when we we're doing press and things like that, it's very hard because you're immediately drawn into his performance. Yeah, yeah. He, he's so unbalances everyone else everyone else is giving great performances but the minute he opens his mouth or just looks yeah it's like uh, I bet the other actors are going why am I even here I don't yeah. know why I'm bothered yeah yeah so we don't see him again um, uh, for a while because they go off no. to see Chu um, so yeah uh, we've discussed that part in the Chu yes. episode um, we don't see him again until he goes off to JF's apartment um, you have posited that Roy's actually in the background all I the time. So, yeah. watching He's watching Deckard. all of this, yeah. Yeah, which does explain how come he knows about Zora and Leon's deaths. Yep. Well, he knows too many things, and like I say, he repeats 
he repeats um, Leon's line, "Time to die." Yeah. It, it, there's too much going on that he, either these replicants are like psychically linked, which is just no. I don't. I think that's a dead end. Um, or yeah, he's watching everything. Yeah. So he's there, Pris goes, hi Roy, and yeah. he just steps in. Gosh, you really got some nice toys here, he says to JF. Hi Roy. Gosh, you really got some nice toys here. This is the friend I was telling you about. This is my savior, JF Sebastian. Sebastian. I like a man that stays put. You live here all by yourself, do you? Yes. I've got some breakfast. I was just going to make some. Well? Leon. What's going on? I... There's only two of us now. We're stupid and we'll die. No, we won't. And this is, this is again the flip side, isn't it? This is he's saying innocuous lines but you're immediately terrified for JF's life yep. and JF knows that as yeah, well yeah yeah it's it's really good this is you know you see you see a lot of films where you get this sort of air quotes gang leader and they're meant to be dangerous and they're constantly spouting dangerous lines and threatening people and this is how it should be he's he doesn't need to threaten anyone no it, it He's just making innocent comments and making googly eye jokes. And he's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He says, I like a man that stays put to yeah. JF and then gives Pris that snog. Um, and, but then oh, he, he, he was brilliant, old Rutger. You know, JF goes goes off to make breakfast and instantly his face changes. Yeah, and, you, you know, yeah, And Pris asks him what's the matter and, you know, he's almost in tears yeah. He's, he's like a child uh, at that point, um, and he says, "There's only two of us now." He's he's like a child when he says, "There's only two of us now." The way yeah. he says it. Well, technically, he is. He's he's four years old. Yeah, yeah. He's he's had, I mean, he's had amazing experiences, but he's had the 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 mental growth of a child, so probably slightly accelerated. But yeah, he's he's reacting to the world pretty much as a child would. Yeah. I want more. You know, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm. You should do what I want. Yeah, it's, it's a very nuanced performance. Yeah, but he, he swings back the other way because when Pris yeah. says, uh, "Then we're stupid and we'll die," he gives her that Pragmatic, smile. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, we won't. He goes like this. A uh, bit of time passes. He's taking his jacket off. He's wandering yeah. around looking at all the toys in the apartment. He's got a very Simon Cowell high waistband. Yes. On, on those trousers, and it's uh, the future. <laughs> and he he notices the chessboard, and yep. I don't know if he knows at this point this is the way in, this is the avenue to get to Tyrell. But um, yeah, he notices the chessboard, 
chalkboard, which, have you ever noticed it's all birds, which ties in with the whole owl yeah. thing? Yeah, it's very avian, isn't it, this whole thing with the ostrich and the owl and the I'd for, tie I'd for- logo, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten the ostrich in the bow tie. Yeah. Blimey. He, what they yeah. should have done is had him look at that, the ostrich in a bow tie, instead of t- the chessboard and go, I've got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> then when uh, when Tyrell gets woken up by the computer and it says, uh, you know, JF Special, he goes, I've got a friend, and the ostrich comes out. <laughs> Still with his bow tie. Yeah. yeah. So he asked JR, JF, why are you staring at us? Yeah. Knight takes queen. See? Won't do. Why are you staring at us, Sebastian? Because you're so different. You're so perfect. Yes. What generation are you? Nexus 6. Ah, I knew it. Because I do genetic design work for the Terrell Corporation. There's some of me in you. (laughs) Show me something. Like what? Like anything. We know computers, Sebastian. We're physical. I think, Sebastian. Therefore, I am. Very good, Pris. Now show me why. about biomechanics, Roy. I wish I did. If we don't find help soon, Pris hasn't got long to live. We can't allow that. Is he good? Who? Your opponent. Oh, Dr. Terrell? I've only beaten him once in chess. He's a genius. He designed you he could help. I'd be happy to mention it to him. Sure. Better if I talk to him in person. Hmm. But I understand he's sort of hard man to get to. Yes. Very. Will you help us? I can't. We need you, Sebastian. You're our best and only friend. And, yeah, and he smiles when he says, you know, what generation are you? He, he says, Nexus 6. And uh, show me something, old JF goes, doesn't he? And he's like, we're not computers, yeah. JF. We're, we're physical. Which, again, is, um, even, even though JF is probably the most sympathetic to them, JF sees them as just toasters or sex machines, flashlights, 
if you if you uh, go with the bath scene. Um, yeah, he. It's very crass. I mean, they they another another sort of um, show that did the whole are androids humans? Have they got souls, etc.? Was of course Next Generation with Data, and there was various episodes where people on meeting Data would ask him to do stuff. Mm. Show us something amazing. Um, and it's it, it is it's a, it's a horrible. It's very, very bigoted, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I quite like his response to that. So, like, yeah, we're not computers. We're physical, yeah. yeah. He also says to JF, you know, you've got to help us, otherwise, you know, Prissy's going to die. She hasn't got long to live. Yeah. And, um, and he goes, he's good, is he? Your opponent. And, you know, unfortunately, that's when JF goes, oh, Mr. Tyrell? So instantly, Roy knows, right, I know, yeah. I know the way in now. Yeah, well, I, I I sort of always took it that Roy had that plan anyway. So somehow he, you know, when I think Chu must have said to him, that's the way to get to him. Um, and I always think, yeah, he when he sees the checkerboard, he's sort of manoeuvring. Again, this sort of cat and mouse playing with JF. And, to, yeah, and he sort of backs him into a corner sort of thing almost. Um, but, yeah, it, it could be that he's just super quick, super intelligent, and has seen that as a way. But what if JF would have said, uh, uh, so Roy goes, uh, he's, he's good, is he, your opponent? He goes, what, uh, Mr. Khan runs the news agents? Yeah, he's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> or if uh, Roy wasn't there and it was Leon, they had to do the yeah. chess match to get him up the lift. That's not going to work, <laughs> yeah. is so, it? Well, you, you can't make that move, it's illegal. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd have had to have, um, instead of being chess, it would have to been like um, uh, a mousetrap or something, wouldn't it? Yes, as a game. or checkers or <laughs> checkers, something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, JF says, no, I can't help you, I'd like to. And Pris is like, you're our best and only friend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then Roy gets these eyeballs in balls. Yeah. And yeah, we have the googly eye. Uh, yeah. uh, I moment. wonder whether that was uh, ad libbed. That I can believe that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, because that's would be very Rutger, isn't it? When you see him in interviews and things. Yeah, yeah. And I love that look when JF, JF goes off. Pris drops the the, the pretense, and she yeah. gives you know Roy that look, and he gives her the look back. And again, the Vangelis music as that. Yeah, it's like we've got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're seeing the real yep. Roy and Pris there, aren't you? Well, they both know the buttons to press for to manipulate JF, don't they? Yeah. You know, Pris, especially with a little lost girl act. Yeah. So, yeah, we refer you to Tyrell um, um, yeah. and the JF uh, episodes for more information on that. But we'll move forward to where, yeah, uh, Roy does finally meet his maker. Yes. I'm surprised you didn't come here sooner. It's not an easy thing to meet your maker. And what can he do for you? Can the maker repair what he makes? Would you like to be modified? Stay here. I had in mind something a little more radical. What? What seems to be the problem? Death. Death. 
Well, I'm afraid that's a little out of my jurisdiction. You... I want more life, father. The facts of life. To make an alteration in the evolvement of an organic life system is fatal. A coding sequence cannot be revised once it's been established. Why not? Because by the second day of incubation, any cells that have undergone reversion mutations give rise to revertent colonies like rats leaving a sinking ship. Then the ship sinks. What about EMS recombination? We've already tried it. Ethyl methane sulfonate is an alkylating agent and a potent mutagen. It created a virus so lethal the subject was dead before he left the table. Then a repressive protein that blocks the operating cells. Wouldn't obstruct replication, but it does give rise to an error in replication so that the newly formed DNA strand carries the mutation and you've got a virus again. But uh, this, all of this is academic. You were made as well as we could make you. But not to last. The light that burns twice as bright burns half as long. And you have burned so very, very brightly, Roy. Look at you. You're the prodigal son. You're quite a prize. I've done questionable things. Also extraordinary things. Revel in your time. Nothing the god of biomechanics wouldn't let you in heaven. Um, and he says, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> Cacking it as he's saying it, yeah. I, I, I'm sure. The problem is death. Um, he wants more life, dot, dot, dot. Now, now, of course, there's two versions of what Roy says. Yes. We have the theatrical one, the swearing version. Yeah, which I prefer. Which I prefer, yeah. but yeah, that's not a ADR for the Blu-ray or anything like that. The whole father thing—they did do it twice, and that's yeah. because they knew that eventually it would be shown on TV. Yes, and that would not—that would be cut out unless they did something. So, it, you know. it's, yeah, it's 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 difficult to think back to those days. But yeah, you would when they, when films were doing were made, being made, and there were swear words or rude bits in it. They would film alternate takes for what what they would call the airplane cut. So it was either for when it was shown on a, a, a airplane or when it was shown on TV. Um, they would they would just do the scenes because it, it it was much better than just crudely oh. redubbing it. I mean, mother funster. Yeah, my fa- mother funster. Yeah, mother <laughs> My favourite was um, I think it was one of the smoking and the something like that, and it was melon farmers. <laughs> Why, why are they terrible people? Just doing a good job. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i okay with it, but it always catches me when I watch it because I'm so used to... Um, the, and I love the fact that, yeah, he's, he's like... He says his little bit and then he just calls him fucker. And it's like, it's brilliant because, again, it's that iron hand in a silk glove, isn't it? He's being nice, then suddenly hard. Yeah, he's been perfectly charming and civil, but to use that word to the person that created him really 
sets it out, doesn't yeah. it? And it, it it sets it nicely that he's he's not being reverential. This is this is this is his maker, like you say. This is his god, and he's saying it like he is, and he shows that he's not just going to worship him. Whereas fathers, completely the other way, isn't it? That's totally that's putting Roy underneath. Yes, uh, um, Tyrell is he's subservient. He's saying, yeah, I acknowledge you're my father, and it just it doesn't fit right to me. No, no, no. No, yeah, I, I agree. Um, he drops all the mucking about and everything yeah. and, and, you know, becomes dead serious when he has this conversation with Tyrell about, you know, the options. Why don't you try yeah. DNA recombining, etc., etc., etc. And everything that he's suggesting, Tyrell's countering it. We tried it, you know, da-da-da, creates an error yeah. in da-da-da-da. Um, Which we Ty- said does, does create a continuity error doesn't it because earlier they you know uh brian and that was saying that the four-year lifespan was built in as a mm. uh, a safeguard <laughs> but it's a quite obvious i mean that might, perhaps that's the public way of getting around it so like, no, no we built this in to help you mm. and it's not they just got no way of prolonging it because you get the feeling if they could tyrell would do it yes yeah yeah um Tyrell tries placating him with the whole, yep. you know, the light that burns twice as bright burns half as long, and you have burnt oh so very brightly, Roy, doesn't he? Um, I don't know what... I think that was a forlorn hope, wasn't it? Was he expecting Roy to go, really? Oh, OK, then. I'll be no, off then. Yeah, I'll be off. I'll go, I'll, I'll go and get in the dumpster now for you. Um, yeah, I don't think that's... I mean, it's a great line. You've burnt so brightly, Roy. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's going to placate anyone, let alone Roy Batty. Uh, I don't know what Tyrell's up to here, because he says, you're the prodigal son, you know, you're quite a prize. To which, um, you know, Roy returns with, I've done questionable things. But then he's like, no, but you've also done extraordinary things, you know? And that's the shot. That's the shot from the phone booth um, with the fingers. That's at that point, and that's when he turns. It's the same look. That when he's in the phone box, that's when he turns to say nothing that the god of biomechanics dot dot dot. Yeah, it, it a great, it, wonderful scene. Really yeah, and that, then we get the kiss. He yep. gives his father a kiss, and we get the murder. Now, in the theatrical version, you saw less than what yes. we do yeah. now, and I prefer that as well because you know what's happening. You know that's horrible. It's better and, left to your imagination, isn't it? Yeah, and Roy's face it, yeah. as he's doing it as well. You well, know? it's also the J.F. Sebastian cutaway as well, isn't it? It's like, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. I'm not, I, I really, I like gore films, things like that. But yeah, I, I think it was better left to the imagination. Yes, yep. In the Blu-ray, this final cut, we've got him going after J.F. and saying, yep. sorry, Sebastian, as he starts to pursue him also here but it was never filmed there's this deleted scene where when he does crush Tyrell's uh, head something happens that tips Roy off that this is a replicant this isn't a real this isn't the real Tyrell and he turns to JF and says now take me to the real one and there's differing accounts either they then travel to the very top of the pyramid or they go into the very center of the pyramid and that's where they find the sarcophagus of the real Tyrell, who's dead. Yeah, which is um, is far, far less satisfying. Mm. And also it complicates it an extra layer, so I can see why they, they cut it. 
you know, in a, and an already compared to, you know, say Star Wars, an already complicated plot with, you know, philosophical overtones for the average audience member to add another layer of what? Why is he? What? Yeah. yeah I, I can see why they did. Yeah. Also, it might be cost as well. Yeah. Yeah. People don't uh, seem to remember that, but yeah, they, they, they didn't have much money left. No. The whole, was, whole things yeah. were cut because they just couldn't afford it. Yeah. The studio was breathing down Ridley's neck again. Yeah. They wanted it finished. Um, and yeah, the, the money had run out. Yeah. Um, he goes down in the lift. Yeah, and that's a strange scene, isn't it? That cutscene. I'd love to see that in full and what yeah. was meant to be going yeah. on with it. One of my favourite Roy moments is in that lift as he's going down the lift when he pulls that face. Yeah. I don't know why he's pulling that face. I guess we're, 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 it, it's the um, we're getting a suggestion that he's breaking down. He's getting near the yeah, end of his lifespan. Yeah. He's becoming yeah. irrational. He's becoming, you know, he, yeah. He's, he's starting to. Uh, He's starting to um, lose it. Yeah, because he's going down in this lift. What What would Roy be thinking now? Because he's going back to pick up Pris. Where are they going, well, knows, going to yeah, go? He knows, literally, he's got possibly hours, at best a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, what is he going to do? This, his entire plan is now come to naught. And yeah. he knows he's going to die. Um, yeah. I, what can he do? Hmm. Right, we're almost into new territory yeah. now. This is we're going to just about to go the furthest we've ever gone into this film because he arrives at JFs, he steps out of the lift. We got again, we got that 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 eerie bit of music cue from yep. Vangelis. Instantly, he knows there's something wrong. He steps out of the lift and then pulls back. I don't know why. I yep. don't know if Decker has left the door open or something, well, I mean, but he knows something's yeah. wrong. But he's um he's been bred to have uh you know, heightened survival instincts and capabilities. So I imagine he's, yeah, he can see that there's new footprints, that the smell is different, something's up. But yeah, he's immediately, oh, I know, yep. there's something's up here. Yep. Uh, the Finding Pris, refer you to the Pris episode for yep. that. Something ever since 82 that always distracts me. You know that bit when he, he, he stepped, Deckard, Deckard somehow knows that Roy's here and he's got his... Yeah gun up ready and he's aiming down the corridor and Roy steps into view and he fires and Roy leaps out the way. When you cut back to Deckard to fire, have you ever noticed somebody's behind Deckard? No, I haven't. No. There's somebody moving up. behind him. It's not one of uh, JF's toys, is it? It must be. That's the yeah. only explanation it's probably that I've ostrich. got. But it, it's not the ostrich. If it was an ostrich in a bow tie, yeah. I think I would have noticed. That'd be distracting, wouldn't it? I don't know if it's deliberate. I don't know if it's yeah. if it's one of the stagehands or what. But but when you cut back to Deckard for that split second as he fires his gun, somebody is moving in the background behind him. I mean, it, it could be because a lot of this end is made up of not necessarily the ideal cut, is it? Because again, time was running out, money was running out. Mm. Um, yeah, so some some of these scenes are made up of almost uh, stuff that wasn't meant to be filmed, and it? it's like not not even B-roll, but ends of trims and bits that were being filmed and stuff like that. So it could be it could be a cameraman, or it could be Ridley Scott. That'd be good if it was Ridley Scott in the film, little cameo. I think he would have said on the audio commentary yeah. if that was him. 
See that um, guy messing the shot up there? That's me, that is. <laughs> Did you see me? You so, see me? yeah, Roy's leapt out the way and yep. uh, then starts teasing Deckard. Yeah. Not very sporting to fire on an unarmed opponent. I thought you were supposed to be good. Aren't you the good man? Come on. Show me what you're made of. Proud of yourself, little man. This is for Zora. This is for Pris. Come on, Deckard. I'm right here, but you've got to shoot straight. Straight doesn't seem to be good enough. Well, I think he's... Roy, the way I've always read it, it's like Roy, he's a combat model. He's got to know his enemy. By stepping out like that, he's now gauged. He knows... Uh, Deckard's reflexes, aim, and qualities. Armed. Yeah, and and while it, you know, slightly injured him, he knows he can beat him now. Yeah, he he probably now knows from the sound of the gun exactly what gun he's got, how many rounds yeah. he's got. Um, yeah, so I think he's now gone. I mean, a he's got nothing to lose. He knows he's going to die. He knows Pris is dead. Um, I think he's he's like, yeah, I'm all right with this. So. Yeah. I'm going to drag this out. Yeah. Much in the way, mouse, same yeah. way, yeah, Pris was um, yeah. dealing with Deckard. He he calls out, it's not very sporting to fire on, on an unarmed opponent. Aren't you supposed to be the good man? He goes. Yeah. And that, that, that sort of sums up this film, doesn't it? Aren't you supposed to be the good man? Yep. Yeah. Um, he goes, come on, Deckard. Um, if your theory is right and he's been following everyone that explains how come how Roy he knows Deckard's name because otherwise how does he know yes yeah, because weird, weirdly um, our hit sort of, and, and I use these terms lightly our hero and our uh, antagonist haven't met yet no um, but yeah I, I think he knows he's, fo he's been following him mm. he's been gauging him up I think yeah we have that fabulous shot, that close-up, lingering shot of the gun yep. as it travels along the wall with all the water uh, dripping behind it. Show me what you're made of, um, he goes. And then, yeah, his hand comes through the wall. That's very yeah. lucky, it's, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't know that they, these replicants haven't got heat vision. They might yeah. chew, chew, put in a bit extra in. But don't you think it's also another veiled show me what you're made of yeah you know are you a, are you human are you a replicant yeah so you know apparently that was made up on the spot the whole idea yep. of the hand coming through much much yep. like later on that that also came up at the same moment the head through the wall these <laughs> things were made up on the day they decided to do this and Ridley's like right I want a plasterboard wall made yep. right now um, 
he pulls, and you can see it's a plasterboard wall because when Roy pulls Deckard's arm through the wall and Harrison Ford hits that wall, the whole wall yeah, wobbles. Wobble, wobble. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit Doctor Who-ish, that, isn't it? Very, very much so, yeah. Yeah, I always wince at the next bit, the breaking of the yeah. fingers. It's so calculated, isn't it? Yeah, this is Vizora. So ah, <laughs> I can feel it now. Oh, blimey. We have to be fair, Roy, Roy's only evening the odds a little bit, isn't he? So yep. You've got a gun, so let's let's throw your aim off a bit. I wouldn't want to see um, Roy with a gun. It no. wouldn't it wouldn't work, would it? No, no. It, 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 I mean, there was a lot of Blade Runner ripoff films, and they always would get to this point where the hero was facing off against the, the villain, and it would either... Uh, be a every they both firing off shotguns, machine guns, everything, or they the villain will say to the hero, uh, "Why don't you face me?" And then they'll have a punch up. Yeah, and this it, this is brilliant. It's like Roy has got so much contempt for Deckard's abilities. Um, it's like I'll break a couple of fingers just in case, but here's your gun back, mate. I don't He's got so much contempt yeah. he gives him the gun yeah. back. <laughs> That's, I mean that tells you. That tells you how ruthless Roy is more than any sort of 20-minute monologue or a scene where he kills a child. Or, you know what I mean? It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'm right here. You, but you've yeah. got to shoot straight. Yeah. And, of course, Deckard does, and he does blow the tip of his ear yes, off, his ear doesn't off, he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, he said, and that doesn't phase in. Now, I'm going to give you a few seconds, he says. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then starts this howl thing after he's returned to, to, to Pris and he's, you know, dabbed some of the, yeah. her blood on, on his lips. He starts this howl thing. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, he's best definitely become a bit feral now, hasn't he? He's a bit, yeah. you know, howling at the moon, literally. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's stripped off to his sports shorts. Yes. They're not um, the most flat of shorts, are they? Those? No. I think that's the first time I'd ever seen them in, in a film. I've, yeah, know, yeah, I think probably would have been, yeah. Yeah, um, this lycra stuff relatively new in the early do you think, 80s, wasn't um, it? Do you think being British, uh, Ridley Scott went, uh, well, you're going to be wearing a pair of white fronts? God, that no, would be the British no. version. No, our Roy would be wearing white yeah, fronts. Yeah, our Roy would be wearing white fronts. Yeah, Possibly yeah. with a stain or two in the gusset. <laughs> yeah. So there he is. He's down to his sport shorts and, yes. and, and trainers running through. Is this still... Are they still in JF's apartment? Because there's water everywhere. You've got No, I think they, they're, in the, uh, they're in the rest of the Bradbury building now, aren't they? They're in different rooms and stuff. But, but or Deckard, he had some running damp, didn't they? God. But Deckard never left JF's apartment. Well, I, well we don't see him. Ah, unless... Have, yeah. yeah. No, no, because Roy finds Pris's body, and Pris is definitely in JF's in apartment JF, yeah. dead. And then could be the next flat or something. I mean, it might be it might be JF's uh, apartment. In which case, JF is starting to look more and more like a serial killer. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, we, we we we've got this shot from earlier at the beginning of the phone books. The hand clutch. Yeah. And and he goes not yet and bites his hand. Yeah, he knows he's going, doesn't he? He knows. He's seizing up, it's, isn't yeah. he? He's seizing up. He's trying to stimulate himself. And then and then again, that's a winceable moment when he finds the nail. Yeah. It's bad enough that he sticks it through his hand, but it's the noise it makes yep. as he pulls it out, that horrible rotten wooden plank, <laughs> yeah, and then shoves it great. through. It's a good scene. Um, I don't need to see it coming out the other side of his <laughs> hand, which is what they've put in for the, yes, for the yeah. Blu-ray. It was fine. Everything 
if it's inferred, sometimes that's a lot better than seeing a bit of prosthetics. Do you remember the, the good old days when you could just hint at something and the audience could just fill it in with their minds? Yep, yep. Yeah. We start, because we're getting close-ups of him now, um, we're starting to see his tattoos yep. that he's got all over his chest. Um, I've got a bit of information shortly about that. And, uh, yep, head through the wall yeah, into the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, as I say, it was made up the same time that they made up the whole thing about the hand through the wall. You better get it up. I'm going to have to kill you. Unless you're alive. You can't play, and if you don't play... So, hang on, let me turn my page. Uh, you better get it up or I'm going to have to kill you, he goes. Unless you, you're alive, you can't play. And he is playing with him, he is. Yeah, he? yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's having one last uh, one last kickabout of his ball, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Six, seven, go to hell or go to heaven. And gets an iron bar to his face. Yeah. Twice. And goes, that's the spirit. <laughs> he goes, yeah. he's, been, he's so, yeah, you got to love him. Yeah. He's got more personality in this than uh, Deckard has through the whole film. Yep. So Deckard bursts out onto that balcony, out on that ledge, and uh, he's going to try and find his, or try and find a way down or up to get yep. away from from him. And that's when uh, Roy kicks out the uh, the boarded up window and comes out. We recreated that for our uh, Maidstone version. Yep. You know, um, me, me and my friend Derek. He he was Roy Batty, and I was Deckard. And, uh, yeah, Derek was stripped off to the waist, and uh, he was being rained on by somebody in the window directly above with a watering can uh, pouring you're, water you're, on you're him. You're ruining the magic of Hollywood now. <laughs> well, the Maidstone magic, yeah. that was. That hurt. That that was always a good line yeah. Yeah. Um, when he comes out. That hurt. That was irrational of you, not to mention unsportsmanlike. Yeah, very unsportsmanlike. Yeah, and Deckard starts climbing up. Um, I didn't climb up the uh, no. the wall um, when we did it. And he laughs, doesn't he? <laughs> Where are you going? And he puts his head sideways, doesn't he, to catch the rain. And then, zip, he's gone back inside again. He's having fun, isn't he? Yeah. He's one last little blast he's having. Yep. Um, Deckard manages to find his way up onto the roof. He's yep. looking for a way off. He thinks he's found a way out. He starts you generally, running. You generally in a little anyone so in one of these films you generally can't climb off the top of a building no if you're if you're trying to escape a building going up not <laughs> not normally the best yeah um and i think this you know i love I, I love that look on his face when he's in the lift contemplating but when you know he crushes up and out through that hatch and the music yeah. goes, and we have that close-up of his face, and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's a work of art, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And from now on, I mean, this, I mean, to me, this is just movie magic writ large. This is just a classic ending to a film, you know? From now on in, I mean, this is perfection to me, you know? Yeah. Um, we have that fantastic shot of, of Roy lit from below, 
when he's standing on the edge and he's backlit and you've got those fan blades turning behind him. He's, got, he's found a dove somehow in his hand, backs up, crosses his arms, runs and does that jump all in one shot. There's no, yeah. there's no cut at all. It's, it's superb. This, I mean, this, um, there's a reason this film sort of defined a genre, didn't it? Created its own. I don't know what, whether you'd call it cyberpunk or something like that, but this look, this retro-futuristic, grungy, everything's industrial fans, that sort of thing. And this, this end sequence is just perfection. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it cannot be bettered. Well, no. the bit with the dove is problematical in, 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 in the original version, but, you know, he, he does I, the jump. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, when they, that's the sort of thing. If you're going to mess about with a film, if you're going to air quotes fix things I don't mind you fixing things like that because mm. yeah. it was jarring before but yeah that's that's all it should be used for yeah he leaps across Deckard is just about to fall we have again we have a fantastic shot of his fantastic face yep <laughs> quite an experience to live in fear isn't it that's what it is to be a slave says quite an experience to live in fear isn't it that's what it is to be a slave and uh, yeah he smiles he has a small smile as Deckard you know lets go with one hand so he's ha he's hanging from that jutting out girder with one hand and uh, yeah as he goes to fall he spits at Roy Roy catches him man you see that nail sticking out the back of his hand as he lifts him up and again the music is is brilliant as he lifts Deckard up and round and over and dumps him down. Yeah, it's just it, it's everything's everything's firing on all cylinders, isn't it? On this one. Yep, and then then we have it, and this is one of my favourite moments of all time in cinema. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I've seen things. You people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Ten Houser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time to die.
as I say, it's it, it's poetry to me, and yeah. you know, just delivered brilliantly. There's there's a reason this bit gets featured in all the best ofs, all the clips shows, anything that mentions 1980s cinema or, or futuristic cinema. The, yeah, this is it's amazing. I can even just thinking about it now. I've got the old hairs on the back of the neck yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. All those moments will be lost in time. I always mishear him, and I prefer what I mishear. Oh, right. What do and you hear it as? He goes, all those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. I always hear tears in the rain, for some reason. But it's not. It's tears th- in rain, is, isn't yeah. it? I think, it's, I think it's your brain... It's, it's so that you can... You know, when you read a passage, and then when you read it back, there's loads of words missing or something misspelled. Your brain will organise it for you. And it should be tears in the rain. Yeah, just like uh, a small small step for a man, not man. It's yeah, you you correct it, but um, but yeah, it is. Uh, I I think it it works both ways. Yeah. Also, Rutger Hauer is, you know, Roy is dying. He's almost dead. Yeah. He 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 has to go like. <clears throat> tears in rain he puts a little cough in because he's starting to have trouble talking now. Yeah, yeah everything's starting to break down yeah yeah and as he finishes he gives the smile and that look to Deckard and just goes time to die yeah and bows his head and 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 he's dead it's got to be one of the best death scenes yeah if you look in Ever. the background it's it it's blue in the background yeah. because it's five in the morning and the sun's coming up and uh, they were really rushing to get this yeah. done. Um, the uh, as he bows his head, bows his head. It's in slow motion as well as he bows his head, and then releases the dove. Yeah, and then in the original cut, it flies off to a totally different sky—a <laughs> bright blue sky with yeah. what looks like a you know a warehouse in Swindon or something. And we have the uh, original dialogue in the original version. Yep. I don't know why he saved my life. Maybe in those last moments he loved life more than he ever had before. Not just his life. Anybody's life. My life. All he'd wanted were the same answers the rest of us want. Where do I come from? Where am I going? How long have I got? All I could do was sit there and watch him die. Even though I, I'm, I'm fond of the, you know, the narration um, in the theatrical version, that is very clumsy, stuck, up, stuck on there, straight clumsy, after a beautiful yeah. piece of acting, with it, a, some yeah. beautiful you know, dialogue. You then have this clumsy, clunky, badly delivered narration. It would be like um, getting a, a wonderful rendition of Dolce et Decorum Est by, you know, James Mason or someone. At the end of it, the BBC announcer goes, well, just to explain references in that poem, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, you don't need it. It really, it, it diminishes it. And you're treating the audience like an idiot. Like idiots, yeah. Which, to, to be fair, that was sort of the reason it was all put in, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And uh, R.I.P. Roy. Yeah, goodbye, Roy. The, the, the most human of all the characters in Blade Runner. Yep. Yeah, the, the most, the most human, the most understandable of of motivations. The 
I will I'll say it the best acted. Yeah. 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 The coolest. Yeah. Good old Roy. Good old Roy. Wouldn't it have been a mistake if in 2049 they brought him back going, we've resurrected this model. You oh, know, can you imagine uh, if they did a CGI? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that would be terrible. It still yeah. wouldn't dimish, diminish from, from, from this version. No, 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 it doesn't, but I'm glad they didn't. So, Maybe so they, they considered it, but then thought, no, yeah. that's blasphemous. Leave it yeah. alone. Leave it alone. All right. Um, so, in our behind-the-scenes segment, uh, Rutger was cast after Catherine Haber. She screened Soldier of Orange and Turkish Delight for Ridley yeah. Scott because, yeah, he had be been making an awful lot of films in Europe, hadn't he? Yeah. Before Paul he arrived in Hollywood. Soldier of Orange? Pardon me? Was, it Paul, was Soldier of Orange Paul, Paul Verhoeven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was given the role without a screen test. Yeah. Um, Ridley Scott trusted her, but yeah, there's that that anecdote where Rutger Hauer went to see Ridley Scott for the first time, and he was, you know, I can't remember exactly what he was wearing, but he was in all like uh, fluorescent colours and stuff, and he was camping it right up <laughs> um, just to wind up, you know, just a silly little yeah. joke on Ridley Scott. Um, Philip K. Dick met. Rutger Hauer and, oh, right. uh, and approved of him and he said <laughs> you would say this wouldn't you he, he says uh, seeing Rutger Hauer as Batty just scared me to death because it was exactly as I had pictured Batty uh, but more so this is the guy who said that his Mongolian features gave him yeah. a brutal look yeah well, this is this is spot on yeah. <laughs> he looks just like he's been herding llamas herding <laughs> llamas <laughs> when Roy's in the lift uh, going down after he's killed Tyrell. Um, yeah. That's the only time we ever see stars in the sky. It's the only time we see right. the sky proper. And uh, and they're falling away from him. And um, like Roy is a fallen angel. Yeah, all right. Okay. Okay. Um, when Deckard shoots the top of Roy's ear off, yeah. they made a stunt ear. <laughs> Did you know this? No, I didn't. A it was a, like a yeah, a stunt ear, st stunt top bit of the ear, and uh, you were going to actually see it be blown off. Um, oh, were they going to do it like the um, <laughs> on the like monofilament the wire? Yeah, Bing. that yeah. would have been strange. Yeah, these tattoos that are all over his chest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're meant to be indicators to various sockets on his body that his spacesuit oh, really? would connect to. Um, they they were silk screen applied and took four hours to do each time. I don't think I've ever seen a real clear shot of them. They're around photos, yeah. and I wish I'd had them because um, I've got a model kit of yeah, um, that's, yeah um, I remember you did it yeah. of Roy Batty done by the brilliant Mike Hill, who's brilliant at doing likenesses. It, it's a fabulous model, um, but oh man, trying to do all those tattoos, I didn't have good enough reference shots, and I was drawing them on in pencil. Um, so yeah, that's that's the winceable bit of that model, that yeah. and, and the dove that he's got in his hand. It's quite a comedy dove, but it's a brilliant model that is. Um, oh, I've just yeah, I've just um, if you search uh, Roy Batty tattoos, you do get a few tattoos off Roy Batty weirdly. Um, but there's also there's a, a, a Hot Toys figure um, of of Roy which has the tattoos printed on the toy body. So yeah, they're like. Um, they're like registration marks yes, yeah. that you would see on a car or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a deleted scene. I don't know if it was filmed or not, but uh, when he bites his hand 
yeah. um, to keep himself alive. Um, that's to substitute a scene where he was meant to be biting into a live mains cable. Oh, right. Oh, well, that would have been... To electrocute himself, to wake himself Strange. up more. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I could see that working. Hmm. You know, stripping the wires back and then charging himself a bit, keeping himself awake. Yeah. The jump at the end, the stuntman said, it can't be done, right? right. I'm not going to do it. It can't be done. And so, you know, they got a problem now. But Rutger Hauer went to... Said, hold Ridley me beer. Yeah, yeah, he did. He said, move the building a foot nearer and I'll do it. So they did that. They moved the one of the buildings a foot nearer to the other building. And he did it. And that's the wow. shot that we've got in the film. That's so it's him. actually Rutger doing that. Wow. <coughs> yep, he did it. And it, it was Rutger Hauer's idea to have the dove. Was it's, there just a dove kicking about or...? Well, we, we, we've got pigeons, haven't we? When Deckard bursts yeah, into that true, room, yeah. there, you've got lots of pigeons. I just dark. imagine what the Howard going on the day going, um, anyone got a dove? <laughs> <laughs> um, Rook has said that um, the reason he, he chose the dove is uh, that Roy knows he's dying and will hold on to any life he can. Yeah, that's, that's right. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, the dove was wet and it wouldn't fly. It just walked away. And on the Blu ray, you've got lots of outtakes of yeah, you know, letting it go and it's just walking in. away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when we did, uh, did our version, um, yeah, it was a white plastic bag. That, uh, my, my friend Tesco's Giles, he, yeah, yeah he, he just got a white plastic bag and tied a knot in it. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. You know, you do what you do. Yeah. And yeah, I said I said at the beginning, Deckard's narration. There's an alternative version of the narration, oh, right, yeah. not the theatrical one. In the work print, you know this this yep. first version work print. I wish they would release that. You know that 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 would be interesting. It says that this is what he was um, he was going to say. He says, I watched him die all night. It was a long, slow thing, and he fought it all the way. He never whimpered, and he never quit. He took all the time he had as though he loved life very much, every second of it, even the pain, then he was dead. Which doesn't really show on screen, does he? He carks it in a couple of seconds. Yes, time to die, <coughs> and that's it. Time to die in yeah. about four hours. Yeah. So, Rutger Hauer yes. was a war baby. Uh, big dog. Yep. Yeah, he, he was a war baby, born in 1944 in the Netherlands. Yep. His parents ran an acting school. Um, but because they were off and about touring, uh, he and his sisters were raised by a nanny, right? right. He, and he, he was a bit of a rebel as he was growing up. He didn't like the rules of school and that, and he was often getting into trouble for it. It says his grandfather had been the captain of a schooner, and at age 15, Rutger ran away to work on a freighter for a year. Like yep. his... Yeah. Like his great-grandfather, Rutger was colour-blind, which presented it, prevented him from furthering his career as a sailor. It then says, Upon his return, he attended night school and started working in the construction industry. When he again bombed at school, his parents enrolled him in drama classes. An amateur poet, he spent most of his time writing poetry and hanging out in Amsterdam coffee houses instead of studying. He was expelled for poor attendance and afterwards spent a brief period in the Dutch Navy. Deciding he didn't like military life and wanted to get out, he honed his acting skills trying to convince his superiors that he was mentally unfit <laughs> and was sent to a special home for psychiatric treatment. 
It was an unpleasant place, but Rutger remained there until he had convinced his ranking officers that the military really did not need him. So <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, so, we're, I mean, basically, that is the uh, Corporal Klinger story slightly differently done, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, and uh, after that, he spent five years in a pantomime company. Well, does that mean something different in uh, Holland than over here? Yeah, I don't want to see... Was Old he Rupert Widow as, Twanky? As Widow Twanky, yeah. no. Um, when making his debut in the United States, he was advised to use a more English-sounding name in order to better to appeal to the US public. Amazing. Yeah, he refused, assuming that his US career would be short-lived anyway. Can you um, see that? I saw something yesterday, I think, and mentioned it, and I had a look. Um, so when Ben Kingsley went up for Gandhi, he went up under his original Indian name and didn't get the part. He was told they didn't want to hire someone to play Gandhi that sounded too Indian. Dear Amazing. <laughs> Oh, good grief. Um, alternative choices now. Yep. Um, oh, okay. I was wondering if anyone else was up for... Roy. No, no, no. Him. Rutger oh, Hauer. Yeah. Can you see Rutger Hauer in any of these roles? Right? Um, what's the name of the fella? Oh, Jurgen Procknell. He was offered the role of Jurgen Procknell's role of the captain of U-Boat in Das, in das Boot. Boot. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I love... Uh, Jürgen Prochnow in it. He's great. It's a great film. Um, but yeah, I could see Rutger Hauer doing that. Yeah. That'd be good. But he turned it down because he was going to make Blade Runner. Because they wow. were being made at the same time. Um, Dr. Bukowski in Life Force. Uh, which one was Dr. Bukowski? I think that's old Frank... Um, Finlay. Oh, Frank, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. No? I think... It would have probably been a, 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 a. He'd have done it well, but I think it would have been slightly distracting to have mm. Rutger. I think, again, he, he does have a tendency to overbalance the films he's in because he's usually better than everything else. Yeah, I'll just be film. seeing Roy yeah. Batty yeah. in Life Force. Yeah. Well, they, oh, you know, I mean, you know, you might, there's other things might draw your gaze, but you might be looking at Roy. <laughs> But which one, if they all three of them are in one scene? That's true, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was Paul Verhoeven's first choice to play Robocop. I could see him playing Clarence Boddicker. Oh, yeah. That would have been good. Or, you know, the Clarence Boddicker we got is brilliant. But I don't know. I, d I, don't, I don't think he's got that sympathetic side, really, that, that like, Robocop needed... Mm. I don't. Mm, that's been an interesting one. What about my last one? He was considered for the role of Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon. That would have been good, I think. Yeah, if you want a mentally unstable crazy, cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rutger. I, yeah. 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 So yeah, on, on the when they go to the interview, and he goes, "Okay, well, how are you going to play it?" He goes, "Well, I've been playing it for the last ten minutes." That was me. <laughs> Uh, he was an environmentalist yeah. uh, and fought for the re release of Greenpeace's co-founder Paul Watson, who was convicted in 1994 for sinking in an illegal Norwegian whaling vessel. He set up an AIDS research foundation called the Rutger Hauer Starfish Foundation. And I had completely forgotten this fact about him, completely forgotten it. I'll put, I bet they're up on YouTube, and in right. which case I'll put links. 
Do you remember in the in the late eighties? He he was the public face of uh, Guinness. He was in lots oh, of yes. Guinness adverts. Yeah, I remember them. Well, he, he also he was the uh, public voice of um, Lerpak. Was he uh, recently? Yeah, he he did. Uh, I think it was Lerpak. Well, one of the butters. Um, might be Danish butter actually. That makes more sense. But yeah, uh, he would uh, he it would just do the voiceover, and he's perfect for it. Really good. And then. After he died, they got someone else in to do it, and it just didn't work at all. I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently, he hated Guinness, and every time he took yeah. a sip, they, well, they go, cut, he spat it out spat and spit it, it out. Yeah, Yeah, I remember them. They were good adverts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was always dressed in black and white, so, yes, so yeah. he resembled a pint of Guinness. Do you remember? <laughs> Very good, yeah. And the final thing about him is uh, he died in 2019, the year of Blade Runner. Oh. He didn't die on his uh, death day, did he? No, no. But uh, that's that, that's weird. He dies twice in 2019. Yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, perhaps it was uh, his time to die. Time to die. Right, time to talk genre tally. He's got Ooh, quite a high genre tally. High. Yeah. 37. Wow. But it's a case of the old Vernon Wellses, I think. Yes. Yeah, he did... He did uh, appear in quite a few lower budget or lesser efforts, um, but generally he was always watchable. In it, no matter how rubbish, yes, the rest yeah. of it was. He never, he never, he never gave less than his all. I don't think. No, and he's he was always eminently watchable. Yes, wasn't he? You know. Um, so genre tally is thirty-seven. Right. right, but it might be 35. I don't know. I need your opinion on this, right? Because there's two, which I don't know whether you'd consider them genre, right? Oh, okay. But you let me know when we reach them, yep. okay? So the first thing he did, the first genre thing he did before he reached the um, the states, was a film called Rappelstil. Okay, right. a fantasy. It says the gold eager king meets a miller's daughter who, according to her father, can spin gold out of straw. No, that's um, Rappel Stiltskin. Kind of, yes. So that's number one. Number two, Blade Runner. Number three, Lady Hawk. Oh, that's a great film. He went up for, or they considered, or they approached him in Lady Hawk to be the villain in the film. And he said, no, I'll do it, but I want to be the hero. And he was really good. Yeah, Yeah, he was was really good in that. I think he could play the hero. Mm. but yeah, that, it's one of those films that never, never really gets a mention when they're talking about sort of classic early eighties uh, fantasy. No, yeah. no. I thought I thought it was quite an endearing no. film. That it yeah, was, I, had I Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Yeah, didn't it? Yeah, I, I remember really enjoying that one. He was all clad in black. It, I, do, I, I don't remember seeing it on DVD or Blu-ray. So perhaps it's one of those that's not been released. Okay. Next, well, yeah, the, these next two. Right. Yep. Are they genre or not? Number one, flesh and blood. Ah, well, it, uh, it's pretty horrific. It's more, yeah. It's more historic. But it's more historical, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. I'll, I suppose I'll there's, a, there's that. a, yeah, there's a tinge of fantasy, but no more so than say, you wouldn't class Braveheart as fantasy, despite the fact that it's made up. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say Flesh and Blood was more historical. All right, but it is very good, and of course yeah, he's yeah, reunited good, good with Leon, old Brian Jones, yes, is his yeah. uh, lieutenant in that one as well. Um, and then the next one is this an out-and-out horror. He's absolutely brilliant and memorising, mesmerising, and when he's on screen, I can't look at anyone else. Uh, the Hitcher. Um, 
Well, it's certainly horror. Um, it's I've never seen it classified as anything other than horror. Um, it's it's yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say it's it's horror, and I'll say it's genre All because right. there's a touch of the supernaturals about him. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's like yeah. Jewel, isn't it? The Spielberg yes. film. Yeah, which again I'd say that was certainly was supernatural or or horror. Um, great great film and great part. This this was one that um, I remember when this came out on VHS uh, at the video library was like booked out for ages, and there was it was that people always brought it back and goes. Have you seen that scene? <laughs> um, you know the scene I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's great. You've got to hand it to him. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, very good. Um, it, it, he's superb in it, and it's it's chilling in a way that a lot of the sort of psycho killer films weren't. Um, and then when they remade it with Sean Bean, I love Sean Bean, but by God, he wasn't no Rutkehauer no. in that. Do you remember? Did you ever see it? It's no, terrible. didn't go near it. That's heresy to me. <sighs> yeah, it's that moment when he's in the diner with C. Thomas yep. Howe, and C. Thomas Howe's got the gun under the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he puts his finger in the barrel, and but it's just that yeah. smirk that and he gives to yeah. him. It's brilliant, and it also it just sums up why you should never give hitchhikers a ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, next one: the salute of the jugger. Ah, uh, yeah. That- that's that's okay. It was that weird time when um, sports and fantasy and sci-fi all started to mix, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, that Robo Jocks, various other ones. I think it was the touch of the rollerballs, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, for. yeah. Um, not my favourite. Not my favourite. Again, though, a really good rental. It it rented all the time. Yeah. Because at one point, if Rutger name, Rutger Howard's name was on it, people would buy it just for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But at what point does the rot set in? Yeah. Okay, even though a case of Rutger's in it. But I think that's his first one where I don't. I won't say it was low budget, but that I, that would be the first one I'd say where he's like, uh, "Have you read the script?" Yeah. Uh, next, we got Split Second. Brilliant. Really good film. Um, ne- again, never gets a look in. It's it is quite low budget, but they really try and do something different with it. It's mm. people always say, "Oh, it's trying to be Blade Runner," but I mean, it's in in a, a London that's flooded, yeah. and ev- so every set has got like twelve inches of water in it. They're splashing about. I loved it. I thought it was really good, and he's great in it. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen it and you like Blade Runner, I presume you do, because you're listening to this drivel for two hours or whatever it's been. Um, go and watch Split Second. It's it's really good. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Yep. Uh, next, uh, the movie of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, God, I'd forgotten. Yes. Now, he is not in any way, shape, or form taking this seriously. I always <laughs> think this, this is a, a really weird, because you, you know me, I, I grew up, I loved Buffy. Um, but most people that get into Buffy get in on the TV show. And then they go, oh, there was a film. And you mm. watch the film. And it's really weird. This is a film, to me, that felt like they videoed the rehearsal. Because everyone's having a bit of a laugh and a bit of a camping it up. And no one's doing it, taking it seriously. Especially Rutger Hauer and <laughs> Alan Rubens. Um, and you, you watch it and you're going, that, that's the take they went with. That, what? That, it's astonishing to watch now. It really is. It's, I wouldn't even say it was a pastiche. It's just a piss take. Mm. Yeah. 
All right. Um, I think I think the downwards slide is happening now. Uh, yeah. Mr. Stitch. Oh, I don't remember that one. What's that one? Well, it's got Will Wheaton in it. Uh, that's possibly why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like I like Will Wheaton. I like Will Wheaton. He's, no, he's the monster. What? He is the monster in this monster film. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Doctor, is that Frankenstein thing? Yes. Doctor Wakeman, played by Rutger Hauer. And his team create a young man with skin and organs taken from other men and women. The creature, Lazarus, reads a lot of books and learns all about the humans. But when he meets fascinating Dr. Elizabeth English, his life changes and he decides to escape from the laboratory. Oh, okay. Uh, it sounds awful. Mm. I'm not going to search it out. Okay. I think we, we can gauge now where the uh, I, I need money. Or I've changed my agent. Yeah. Yeah, I've changed my agent. Yeah. That's, that could be it, actually, yeah. Right, guess the plot line now. Well, I think I can do this on a lot of things. What What would Precious Find be all about? Precious Find? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would say, I've never heard of it, but I would say it's probably going to be where... I, I was thinking something like Titan Find, so on a, on a moon of somewhere they find some object or creature... Uh, that could be good or bad. Usually it starts off good and ends up bad, or starts off bad and ends up good. That's sort of what it springs to mind for me. I'm probably totally off on this one. No, you're not, actually. Oh, oh God. The blurb is, three adventurers leave Moon City... Oh, there we go. Right. And so head we're on the moon, I guess yeah, that. And head towards the asteroids in search of gold. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, OK. Yeah, 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 you get that for the moon. What about Crossworlds? Not Crossroads. Crossroads. Crossroads, the movie. That would have been... Oh, can strange. you imagine the hitcher yeah. turning up at the motel Crossroads in Crossroads? Motel. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And the hitcher um, walks in. Yeah, the hitcher walks That would have improved it. I could see Rutgerhauer as the hitcher wandering into, like, young doctors. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Aussie one. Um, yeah, he would have made a great Jim Goose, wouldn't he? What about Mad Max versus the hitcher? Oh, that would... Oh, now, that, now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. Um, Crossworlds. Cross Crossworlds. So I imagine it's going to be because you've got to think these are all low budget. So how do you? So this is uh, an, an, something, someone or something from another dimension enters our world, or vice versa. If you've got a bit more budget, you can always send someone from this world into a crazy other world, with the caveat that at the end it turns out that world is our world. Um, something like that. Is it going to be a cross-dimensional? Detective, or you say cross-dimensional. The actual phrase in it is trans-dimensional. Oh, so you get a close. point. Yeah. It says a young man finds himself in the middle of a universal battle between good and evil when he sets up residence in a trans-dimensional valley. Only his father's go. mysterious, oh, mysterious crystal pendant and its lost matching scepter can guarantee victory. So, so here we are. So uh, a mysterious valley. So it's going to be somewhere close to Vasquez Rocks. Yeah. You know, yes, on a Sunday you know morning, it. yep, they filmed it. Oh, dear me. Yeah. Rutka, mate, Rutka, right. what are you doing? Care to have another punt on, on Omega yeah. Doom? Omega Doom. Uh, well, I doubt it's anything to do with the Doctor Who Omega. Um, this, is gonna, this, this strikes me that it's going to be something like uh, someone's developed an ultimate weapon, uh, biological or, you know, something diseasey, and they've either got a get it off the bad guys or destroy it or something like that 
Well, each time you get one word oh, okay. correct, and in that it's... <laughs> That's because it, I, I throw in a load of words that you do. match these you cheap speak words. films. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weapons. Uh, it says, words are my weapons. Yeah. After Earth is taken over by an army of robots, the small number of humans left are forced into hiding. In the nuclear winter, only droids walk the face of the Earth in fear of the rumoured human resurgence and in search of a hidden cache of weapons. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near that. Uh, then he was and I in bet Lex. the robots happen to look like uh, cheap American actors. In silver boiler suits. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Lex, the TV series. Oh, Lex, Lex he brilliant. Was he was great in that. He, he was well over the top. Um, I must re-watch Lex again. I used to love that. That was a great show. Is it streaming? Very, do you know? Anywhere? I don't know. I've never. You never really see it anywhere. But it was. It was. Yeah. You know, it was great. You had Kai, the last of the Brunnen G, and uh, Zev, Bell Ringer. Um, they used to drop a kit at the drop of a hat. Um, no, it was a. It was a, a weird. It was Blake Seven. If it was done by Mad Europeans, which it was. Uh, but Rutger Hauer. He, he. I think he was in the second or third one, and um, yeah, he was a very over the top character. Right. Okay. I, th- I think he ended up getting sliced in two or something. Oh. I seem to remember. Okie doke. Uh, there's no way you would get guess the next one. Uh, it, it's called Bleeders or Hemoglobin. Oh, oh no, Globin. A who, man who? travels to an island with his girlfriend in search of his relatives, but he finds more than he wants to know. Okay. That, that sounds vaguely interesting. Right. Is it, it's not Hemoglobin, is it? No. That would have been oh, Hemoglobin. Not Globin. Hemoglobin. No. I, I would have done it as uh, bleeders, Hemoglobin, and then it's a goblin that eats blood. <laughs> Made out of blood. Rutger Hauer in a pixie costume. Running yeah. about with <laughs> um, I don't think you'd get this one either. It's Armageddon. Not that not Armageddon. The, uh, no. um, when a man is murdered in Moscow, experimental bionic research brings him back to life. He I then sets out to find his murderers and money that was stolen during the crime. So it's basically it's Robocop. Robocop, yeah. Yeah. They um Torchwood did an interesting thing like that where they had this um glove that could bring the dead back to life but only brought them back to life for a couple of minutes just to find out who killed people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was like it sounds like that. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Then he was in the 1998 TV series of Merlin, that one that Sam oh, Neill was in. Yes, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, he plays King Vortigern in that. Even vaguely Vikingish, isn't yeah. it? So. Your last guess at, uh, um, at I think. Oh no, you can have a guess at that one. Try and guess what this is about. Flying virus. Flying virus. Yeah. Um, well, my literal mind, I would do it where. Uh, viruses uh, mutating and taking, you know, destroying the earth, but then it breeds so large you can have these really cheap, you know, like Piranha 2 fly in yeah. creatures that are actually a virus, but they don't understand what a virus is, uh, attacking people. That's what I would uh, No. Uh, um, mine would have been better. It, a journalist uncovers a government conspiracy to unleash virus carrying killer bees. Ah. Oh. They, they they did that little twist at the end. Now I'm interested. Virus carrying killer, killer bees. bees. Yeah. Wow. Right. If they're killer bees, do they need to carry a virus? What's the yeah, virus bringing to the party? Maybe, maybe carrying the virus is what makes them killer bees. Could be. Because it'd could be like be saying, I've, I, I've augmented this uh, great white shark 
so that it has uh, poison in its teeth as well. Don't really matter. It's just bitten you. It's enough. got teeth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Next, uh, Dracula Two Ascension. Dracula Two Electric Boogaloo. Um, which? What's this a sequel to? Because is this the Dracula, Dracula One? 3, I suppose. Well, I presume so. I, I doubt it's a sequel to the Bela Lugosi one. It must be shortly no. after. Dracula 2000 so right. yeah I would say it's the sequel to that because uh, there, there was a whole like string of them utter shit yes so it was a bit I think it sort of it was trying to catch it cash in on like sort of the Blade and Twilight audience wasn't it that sort of because vampire, vampires at one point were like zombies became in it they're nice and cheap yes you can, you can have a low, nice low budget film with a vampire yeah um, but they were all universally rubbish yep 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 even that recent BBC one was tosh. Oh, terrible, yeah. yeah. Um, Smallville. He was in Smallville. He oh, played really? Mo- Morgan Edge in Smallville. I, I must admit, I never used to watch Smallville. No. I tell you what, in the 1980s, if they if they continued the Superman films, he would have made a good General Zod if you're going to recast yeah. everything, you know? I would have helped for him. Yes. <laughs> Um, Salem's Lot. He, he, he oh was in God. the, the re, redone Salem's Lot. I forgot they redid Salem's Lot. It is terrible. He played Mr. Barlow. Yeah. I, no, yeah. again, I, mean, I don't want to go to anywhere fair, near it. He is much closer to the Barlow of the book than Reggie Nolder was. Mm. But I, I'm one of those weird people that thinks that the TV show version, David Solwell, is much superior to Stephen King's book. Oh, that's a classic. The, yeah. the TV one. I love it. It's brilliant. But yeah, he's he's much closer in description, but it's such a shoddy production. Oh, um, I'm near it's, it. uh, it's it's worth watching once just to see how you can get it so wrong. Mm. Okay, uh, Sin City. He's in that for a little right. bit. He plays Cardinal Roke in Sin City. Then Batman Begins. Is he in that? Yeah, he's he's one of the crime bosses. Oh, in it's it. what I do. It's a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Then I'm not a fan of the, the Christian Bales. No, nor am I. Um, they look nice, but... Yeah. Um, then Dracula 3 Legacy. Oh, so he did Dracula 2 and Dracula 3. Yeah. Well done. And then something... I, I vaguely remember this coming out, but Minotaur. Well, it's a Which Tom Hardy one? film. Oh, right. Oh, no, I don't... Is it about the Minotaur? Is yeah, it a, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, he's got to go into the labyrinth and kill the Minotaur. Is it that period just as, like... Tom Hardy did Lockstock, and he was it was like, oh, okay, he's, he's vaguely interesting. It's round Lockstock about that or time. One of them, yeah, and then, um, yeah, before he hit it massive, before he baned it up. Um, baned it I know up. I'm going to have to have a look at that. I quite like, because, you know, we we love Jason and the Argonauts and Greek yeah. mythology in it. Um, it's just called Minotaur. It's probably rubbish, though, to be honest. Um, then a film called The Right. Um... It's one. about exorcism. Oh, um, Bait plays priest. Um, I don't know. Then Spoon. Spoon. What it's, is it? it's a supernatural the, the thriller film. Oh, I don't don't know that one. Spoon. Supernatural thriller, apparently. I see. Then, I, with a title like that, there's no way I would. I wouldn't be able to guess what that's about. A haunted spoon. I mean, I'm no <laughs> doubt that Amityville have ended up to the point where there's a film about the. The remaining silver spoon from the Amityville where, curse. Yes, well, that's. Did they have I've one where it was a lamp? Oh, good grief! Yeah, a haunted lamp. What's it going to do? Flash at you? 
Um, then he was back to Dracula again for Dracula oh, 3D. Dracula 4. No, oh no! Dracula wow, they've, they've 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 thrown us a curveball. Yeah. Why wouldn't you make Dracula 3 into Dracula 3D? I don't know, but in this one he actually did play Van Helsing, which is good because oh, Van Helsing uh, was Dutch, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. He would be a good Van Helsing, actually. Yeah. In a in a good production, I guarantee you, it wasn't a good production. No. Uh, then the TV uh, series based on Metal Hurlon. Um, oh, right. Heavy metal TV I thing. didn't even know there was a TV series based on it. Yeah. And then, Wasn't it an anthology? Yes. Yeah. And then your final thing, guess the plot line. What is Death Squad all about? Death Squad. Ah, that could be one of two things. I reckon it's either going to be um, a, uh, a hero has to defeat a fascist regime, a um, bit like the old Italian... Mad Max rip-off type things and Death Squad are the, the elite troopers uh, or it's going to be a time travel thing where they have to go back and kill someone and they're the Death Squad. You've you've got another point because it oh, says oh. that uh, Ryan Wilburn, played by Stephen Baldwin Oh, God. now there's a sign of equality. Yes, yeah. A Green War rebel agent sent on a mission to collect evidence against the Confederate central government for its heinous crimes. So, yeah, there you go, there's your fascists. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the interesting thing about that is not only have you got Rutger in it, but you've got Danny Glover and Daryl Hannah. So, wow. um, yeah, Pris is reunited with yeah. Roy in that film. So that's like that. That's a that's where they've had a little bit of a budget and they've blown it all on getting like a few names. Yeah, and Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. And Stephen Baldwin, yeah. Because well, you get that Baldwin name, but not the Baldwin anyone really thinks about. We nobody wants the other Baldwin now. No, do they? not now. No. <laughs> well, I don't know the uh, the U.S. Um, prison service does, don't they? But yeah. That's a weird thing. We won't go into that, but that's a weird situation, isn't it? An unfolding situation as yeah unfolding there's yeah. more, more to it than meets the eye yes then he was in True Blood oh right yeah that's a good, good series yeah like my True wife Blood. used to watch that yeah. um, was there a favourite vampire Eric Northman was no this, one yeah. was there, there was this Eric Northman yeah there was this sexy uh, Viking vampire with long hair called Eric Northman he funny enough he played the Viking in The Northman you know that film oh yes that came out it was a very good film actually but yeah he was the he was the breakout sex symbol from it a bit like this Eric basically oh yeah so there you go So well as soon as you put the name Eric on something he's, he's guaranteed sex, sex symbol yeah yeah yeah. Um, I've, I've, put, I've put myself off um, <laughs> that, then listen to this Scorpion King 4 Quest oh, for God. Power they did 4 yeah well, at least wow. four. There might be a five, six, seven for all I oh, know. Oh, who took over? Didn't someone really unlikely take over for um, The Rock? Rock? Yeah. It oh. wouldn't have been Rutger. No, no, no. It I was... don't want to see Rutger in a loincloth. Not at that point in his no, life. No, not at that point. Bless him. Um, to be fair, I didn't want to see The Rock in a loincloth, but, you know. I don't want to see The Rock full stop. <laughs> I got a bit of a soft spot for The Rock. I can't stand him. But, I want yeah. to watch Black Adam, but he's it's the, really ma- good, he's the actually, main yeah. character. It's really yeah, annoying. There's a bit of a, a charisma vacuum at the centre of that film. He exactly. can't act. That's the problem. He I find he's, he's okay when he's playing The Rock. In the same way that you would watch a, you know, a Van Damme film or a Steven Seagal film. But when they try and they sort of try to play a different character. My favourite one that I thought you're pushing this mate was. Do you remember Skyscraper? Oh yes. Where that for for some reason they gave him an artificial leg. <laughs> It's like, what's my character development? 
Well, it's amazing, isn't it? Your character uh, has got a leg missing. <laughs> what? That's not character. I'm just astonished, right, that at my school I work in, in the yeah. media studies room, there is a shrine to the rock. The, really? The girls love him. There are, there are, there are photos of him on this wall. Really? Wow. Yeah. I it's mean, really... he's, got, he's got a twinkle in Probably. What's really what yeah. weird is is the some of the photos they put up of him. He's got this hair. To sound dodgy. Oh, he looks really weird with hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a great photo of him when in his teenage years where he's got a bum bag uh, and a, <laughs> like curly hair. But uh, all right. Well, so let's we're never going to do the rocking character. This is a be <laughs> one episode, wouldn't it? Scorpion King in character. Yeah. What's his character? Well, he's the rock anyway. Yeah. Uh, then that I, I haven't got the full name of it I couldn't be bothered to type it all out that Valerian film Valerian dot 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 you know the guy that did the, oh, the fifth element um, yeah stupid long winded title yeah he was Bollocks, in that yeah it's meant to look very nice but have no story whatsoever is it it's, right and it, then it failed straight away yeah no um no and then the last thing he did uh, was an anthology TV series called Channel Zero Mm-hmm. Don't remember that. Um, and he was in that six times, though. That sounds like that's going to be a... Um, what's that one? Not Black Books, what is it? The, you know, the sort of um, the futuristic anthology. Yeah. Charlie Brooke, I think. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I can't think what it is, but... It'll come back to you in about yeah. one in the morning. You'll sit yeah, about one, upright one, I'll sit, I'll in go, bed. I'll go, The Rock! <laughs> and what? what are you on about? Where? <laughs> All right, so... Um, yeah, Roy Batty. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. Um, let's let, let's rank him. Let's put him in a. Do what? Oh, rank him. Rank. rank him. Um, <laughs> what a ranker. He, um, I remember saying about that. There was it, there was a story, wasn't it, when he was doing um, with Paul Verhoeven in his the Dutch film, and in one scene he has to look through a, a keyhole and masturbate for, by what he's looking at, and um, evidently Paul Verhoeven. Was desperate to demonstrate to Rutger. Hauer, Rutger Hauer was like, I know what. What you don't. Oh no, he's showing us again. I can believe this. Yeah. I can totally believe this. Um, all right. So Roy Batty, the design of Roy Batty, yes. the look of Roy Batty in his various guises, be it the trench coat, the little shorts, the um, the vesty thing that he's wearing. Um, um, well, it's not, it's not hard. Ten out of ten. Yep. Snap. He is uh, the epitome of cool. The yep. design is perfect. I love his leather coat. Uh, it's recently been for sale, hasn't it? Yeah, it's in and, a bit and, of a, a poor state, but it, it is because yeah. there's. It seems that there's some sort of like latex on it, and the yes. paint has crumbled yeah. off of it, and so it looks orange in places. And that's the bare rubber or latex, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So it doesn't. It doesn't look quite so cool now. No. But there's there's various. Um, photos of the full costume uh, it, from it, the time and it looked great it must be a swine to, to replicate that coat if you want to go oh. full out screen accurate you'd have you'd to have, have to that bespoke it. made wouldn't you yeah. 100% I think that's what that's why I think that it's falling apart and the colours come off because it was obviously either something from a completely different thing probably not even a coat and they've painted it black to make yes. it look like leather uh, but yeah, you would have to you would have to bespoke hand make that I think or get someone yeah, to do. Yeah, wasn't it? it Priss's coat was made out of um, carpet fabric or something yes, like yeah, that, wasn't it? That yeah. was it. Yeah, they they use for, try to use very very unusual yes uh, material and objects, not that you wouldn't normally use on clothing. Uh, I mean, I which mean, it's great for film, but rubbish if you're trying to cosplay. Yeah, I mean, 
deck, uh, Roy Batty's look is science fiction. You don't have to go the silvery route at all or anything. I mean, it no. is timeless. I mean, you look at that and, you know, it, it is a bona fide classic, isn't it, that look? Yeah, it... The design, the you know, we've, we've said before, but the costume design in Blade Runner is just brilliant. Um, yeah, you don't need... You don't need... The future isn't uh, silver. And it never looks right when they try and do that or, you know, they try and do something else. This is, yeah. Like you say, you, you probably could have, in the 1980s, walked down the King's Road and seen similar looks yep. to what they used. And, and that, of course, means it's timeless. Yep, yep. You know? I, you could wear that coat out to Tesco's, no one would bat an eyelid. No, no. Except the Blade Runner fans who would chase you around. <laughs> With the Benny Hill music stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, how? what stupid question. How effective was Rutger Hauer in this film? Well, I can only really give him a two, I think. No, I'm joking. Um, this, uh, this is my cheaty method. He gets an 11 from me. I'm taking I, up to 11. If I could take a photo, yeah. I would show you the photo of 11 that I really? have got. There you go. So he's got 11 from both of us. Yeah, because I've taken the cue from you when we did Mad Max yeah. in character and when we got to, you know... Uh, he's above the top, isn't he? The road he's so, warrior. He's so above. It's a spinal else. tap yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've got to crank it up to 11 you've in some to. instances. You, you've got to. This is a classic, iconic I, character. I think... I think out of however, how many episodes of In Character and Adversaries have we done now? It's okay. got to be several hundred, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we've only ever done this twice. Yes. Weirdly, both for black leather coat, leather. <laughs> <laughs> Slight, slightly S&M characters. What like, is this saying mm, about us? I don't know. I mean, we perhaps need to have a good old discussion with ourselves. Uh, but no, we've only done it twice, so forgive us this cheat. Um, and if you don't agree with it... Um, you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, he gets a 10 for design. He yeah. gets an 11 for effectiveness, which is a, a, a final apartment number of 10 and a half. That hopefully puts him right at the top. He is at the very top. Yeah. His nearest neighbour at 9.975 yeah. is the first version of Gaff. There you go. Wow, that's a good street. That's yeah. a good end to the street. And, and the one past Gaff at 9.75 is Pris, so he's still that's quite close to yeah. Pris. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, he, he can go and visit, can't he? Yeah, just tiptoe past Gaff. Yeah, yeah, to get to Pris's. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really, I really there, didn't, I, I yeah. didn't think that our rating would go, you know, any radically different to that. No, I, I, I didn't think we were gonna. I was gonna suddenly discover that you hated the character. Or you were going to discover that I really didn't like his coat or something. I mean, it might have, but no. He like I, I agree with you. The first, the first time you see him in that first scene, you fall in love with that character. Yep. That look, the yep. way he plays it, and it's never changed in all the different versions. You know, because I've reappraised things on Deckard on almost every other character, but Roy Batty. He is, yeah. He, he's not changed. He's been, he's been my favourite character yeah. from my first viewing. So the big question is going to be then: next time, our final episode of this yeah. show, when the title main hero, <laughs> hero yes. character is discussed, what are we going to make of Rick Deckard, and where is he going to be in yeah. the apartment block? 
This is going yeah, to be this, very interesting. This is more open to discussion, probably, isn't it? Yes. This one. But, yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Good old Harrison Ford. So yeah, yeah, folks, join us one last time. Are we um, are we discussing this 2049 as well? Yes. We've got a, we've got a vote separate, on on yeah. yes his design. You know that yep. T-shirt he's wearing. Yeah. The, the costume he literally wandered in from the car park in. Yes. On the day of filming. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the effectiveness of him yeah. sleeping all the way through it. Yeah. And yeah, he's going to be in an apartment, and I've got a feeling his apartment's going to be a bit further away from the Decker version number one. I think he might be. I might think be. He might be right. Well, but which way? But we. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. A bit, a bit of, uh, a bit of excitement going. Okay. Well. Yeah. Here we go then. Almost All at right. the end. Yep. Yep. See, see you next time for the last time. Yeah. Join us for uh, is he or is he a replicant? Uh, mm. Spoiler. He is. Is um, he or isn't he a good guy? Mm, that's a that's a more debatable point. Yeah. Is is uh, was this the last time Harrison Ford put any effort into a film? That is something actually to discuss. You know, we could post probably Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. When did Harrison Ford do anything of the same? Yeah. Level? Can, can, can we literally see his will to act ebbing away? We will chart it, shall we? Yeah, next we'll time, let's it, see yeah. when. Yeah. Well, his film oh, Harrison's given up. Yes, only genre talent. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be uh, quite a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, join us one last time yep, next time stuff. then. Okay. Nice one. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Bye-bye. Bye.